0: Now it's time for Uper Wisdom. My name is Kim Key. I have been in the healing arts for 40 years. If you happen upon this, know that it's meant to be. In this episode, we are talking about the human sphere Hello, welcome to Uper Wisdom. So grateful that you're here. This will be a very interesting discussion. I'm very excited about this. Right. I came up with the human sphere idea a while back because so much information out there talks about, if you look on the internet or books, talks about body, mind, and spirit. And so I was thinking about that and realized that the emotional body wasn't really included in that. And so because we have all these different bodies, the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body, and the spiritual body that all collaborate together and work together as one in a circular form in our life, Uh, moving in and out of all of those bodies all of the time every day, I decided that it was more of a spherical energy than a linear energy. And then that thought helped me remember that everything That we experience here on the planet is circular and spiral and spherical. The cells in our body, and the sun, and the moon, and the planets, the solar systems, uh, everything in nature. So there's spheres everywhere. And so we're a sphere. And so, though the body, mind, emotion, and spirit sphere is who we are. Each of those bodies are equally important. Each of those bodies are significant, and we pay attention to, you know, some of them more than others. So I just like to address the whole of who we are, because when we understand that whole being, that fullness of all of us, we live, you know, a, a more balanced life.
1: That's really interesting that you say it's a sphere. So say, for instance, um, if one of those aren't in balance, like the emotional or the spiritual or anything like that, um, does it turn into like an oval or is it not really a a circle or is, is the whole goal to have it balanced to be a full circle or just kind of talk? Talk about that for a little bit, because I'm visualizing a circle right now. And if it's out of whack and out of balance, then what's
0: that circle look like? And does that matter? Right. So, you know, the whole idea is to be in the center of the circle. And in order to be in the center of the circle, so you visualize yourself as this little being, you know, this little human light being in the center of your sphere. And sometimes you jump up to the spiritual realm, and sometimes you jump down to the physical realm, sometimes you jump over to the emotional realm, sometimes you jump over to the mental realm. So you can visualize like almost like a teeter-totter both ways. So you're in the center of that. So if you're thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling and you're not addressing the physical aspect and the spiritual aspect of you, then you're only going one way on that teeter-totter, right? So that would be more oval <laughs> or expanded that way. And so that's when we kind of get out of balance. Or if you're, you know, meditating, you know, 24 hours a day, and you're not doing your dishes, which is the physical and the spiritual, then, you know, you, you topple that way. So so there's a dance that we do in our own sphere and to just pay attention to maybe where we're not paying attention and balance out as best we can. One example that I have is, you know, if if many people right now are having a lot of emotional um, crises because of our world and what's happening and what has happened with COVID. And so there's some trauma. And so there's really... Hot emotional energy, and many of us in the UP who have access to the woods and the beauty of the water, uh, when we're feeling that, we go into nature, which would be the physical. So, if we're if our emotions are hot and high and heavy, then we realize that you have that objector within yourself that goes, "I'm really not feeling great." and I need to do something. And so one of the ways that you can do that is to go into nature, go outside, take deep breaths, quit thinking, which is the mental part of the sphere, the mental body, and just be in your physical body. And that helps balance those emotions. Um, so that's just one example of of how we can we can do that. You know, the, we pay attention to the physical, probably the most, you know, most of us brush our teeth and we eat and we sleep and we get dressed and we function and we go to our jobs and we, uh, you know, work on the computer and we are very physical beings. So the physical body is very attended in many respects. Now whether we attend it with our diet and our health and all that that's a whole other subject but the physical body is what we really truly think we only are and so we really focus on that physicality of our life most most of us humans do you know and then the second thing that we focus on is the mental body and that is you know from the neck up it's not necessarily consciousness but it is the the thoughts that we think that's the mental body. And the mental body, uh, especially in this country, is very, very active. Most of us don't even realize that we have any other bodies. We're just thinking, 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 and doing, doing, doing. Physical, mental, physical, mental. So we go back and forth there. And we're not really taught to develop slow, The mind and discipline the mind. So that mental body is really active and uh, strong. And uh, most of the day, uh, we live in our heads. And if you watch people walk, you know, everybody's got their heads forward. There they go, you know. (laughs) And again, you know, in the UP, because there's not a lot of stimulation up here, we don't think as much. And so I I see a difference uh in in maybe more remote places in this country where there's not as much stimulation you know sometimes we don't even get internet service so you can't feed the mind with all the technology and so there's a little bit less mental activity but not necessarily meaning that that mental activity is out of us because you can lay in bed at three o'clock in the morning and have all kinds of mental activity and not be doing anything. So the mind is uh very, very, very active and we're not taught to discipline it and still it and sometimes just tell it to be quiet. So so those two bodies are the strong ones. So that's kind of like
1: the the seesaw analogy that you were going on where, you know, those are the two that a lot of people focus on. Um, so what are the two others that can help
0: balance those out? Right. So I'd like to talk about the spiritual body next, because that helps with slowing and calming the mind.
1: So So meditation, um, being present, That type of
0: stuff. Absolutely. And so you can call it whatever you want. You can call it your religion. You can call it uh, your spirituality. Uh, You know, I've studied religions and spirituality from all over the world. And there are certain truths that are in those teachings that are brilliant and precious. And I guess the spiritual body is. To feed that spiritual body, we need to have a connection with our God, our source, our creator, our inner being, our divinity, uh, our guides, our angels, whatever language you want to use. That connection is really what it's all about here and we can get that connection through our physical and mental bodies and our emotional bodies. But that connection is critical for a human being. And many of us have been raised in pretty strong religious beliefs that have, we've kind of abandoned, and then we just abandon spirituality altogether. So that spiritual body is a little bit weaker. And when you have a strong spiritual body and you have spiritual muscles and you are learning and connecting and feeling full of of your own divine self, there's a joy in there that, uh, that can't be touched by anything out there in the physical world. So that connection is uh, very important. And again, we're not really trained to... Uh, you know, we might go to church on a Sunday and take an hour and connect spiritually, but you know, again, on a daily basis, to be present and in the moment and look for indicators of the mystery and the unknown and the guidance that we get—that's available to us all the time—and to ask for that and to just be with the presence of the divine self within and within others so that is uh extremely you know vital to a healthy life so when when you are thinking and you have a sign from nature or you look out on the trees and you see the buds coming out and you stop for a moment to appreciate that that's when you touch your spiritual self. That's when the mind stops. That's when the, uh, the connection starts and, and holds. So there's these, there are these spaces in between mind that are available all the time, and it's the stillness and the silence, and that's what nature provides. I mean, nature is spirituality. Nature is divine beauty. And uh, they're all here, the plants and the minerals and the animals, uh, to provide positive uh, influence for us humans. They are on this planet to help balance all of that. And so when you see an animal sign or something that's significant that connects you and it's obvious, then you know that there's this orchestration spiritually in your spiritual body that's going on all the time. And many of us, uh, you know, through life that we've lived, can look back and, and say, oh, that happened. You know, I saw that bird go by and then that happened in my life. Or I sat down and sat on the sand for an hour and fell asleep and woke up with awareness on what to do. And so that's the spiritual body connection that we can get through nature and through many different things. But nature is very easy for us because uh, we we can stop the mind chatter. It's interesting
1: that you said hold space, because I've been hearing that um, term a lot of holding space. Um, can you kind of go a little bit more into that, um, how you do that, what it is? Because I know that's kind of like a buzzword these days. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners out there, um, mm-hmm. that might be you know a, a good technique as well. Um, if they're going
0: through something. So, yeah, holding space. What what is that? Holding space. Holding space means that you're holding an energy for yourself or another to allow the goodness to come through. So you're you it's almost like a portal. It's almost like you're holding an opening available so that spiritual bodies, emotional, physical, mental bodies can kind of come together and and heal and shift and change. So many people are holding space for, you know, different parts of the world right now. And what that means is that their thoughts are there, their intention is positive energy toward those areas. Um, so, so what that means is that you are finding the sacred, silent place within you, that space within you that connects with everyone and everything else so that we can become more, I guess. So there's a stillness in holding space. There's a, a feeling of um, quiet and softness, and uh, beauty. So it's slower, and it's not really mind active. So you're holding a meditative or a prayer space, kind of suspended, I guess that's a good word, suspended focus. Because you're holding it. It's not just space. You have an intention there. It's more this open vessel of intention. Wow. I
1: love, I love how you said that. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's great stuff. Mm-hmm. So, okay, okay, so we went over basically like mind, body, spirit. Those are, yes. you always hear that again, just like yes. holding space, um, mind, body, spirit. Well, you mentioned with the human sphere, you mentioned emotional, um, right. so can we go into that a little bit? Because I think that's the forgotten one, you know? It is. So yes. let's let's talk
0: about that. We were saving it for last.
1: <laughs> Ooh the best, the best goes for last, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, so the emotional body could probably be 50 podcasts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll go into like 10 other episodes of the emotional body later. So stay so
0: tuned it- on that one. Right. It is the Most neglected and least understood of the human sphere. And again, I mean, I I feel that within myself from the work that I do as a therapist, that one of the things that we can gift ourselves and our children is to teach them about the emotional body. And that they aren't their emotional body, but that emotional body is very, very important and it needs to be felt and recognized. So the emotional body is obviously all of the emotions that we feel. And what happens is sometimes we live our lives from that emotional content and we kind of uh knee-jerk our way through life. Uh, this person said this, so I'm mad at this. This person did this, so I'm feel betrayed. So there's this constant it's almost like the mind, except it's the emotions, that the emotions are running our lives. But even deeper than that, we're reacting to those emotions. And acting out on those emotions that maybe uh, are unconscious or subconscious. And they, some things trigger them. And so an example of that would be, oh, uh, a client, uh, you know, I, I say something and a client gets really upset. And then they realize that somebody said that to them when they were five years old. And so you know, there's a whole somato-emotional piece to our human sphere that we are pretty clueless about. And so I feel like in the last ten or fifteen years, we're starting to understand our emotional bodies. We're starting to understand that um, if we're if we're really in in uh, hopeless places, that we can kind of move up. That emotional scale, little by little, and help ourselves out. But we can't do it from the outside in. And that's the biggest key. I think the biggest key for the emotional body is to realize that we have all these emotions. I mean, emotions are water, right? So we're in these choppy waters, you know, trying to paddle around. And oh, I'm feeling mad, or oh, I'm feeling glad, or oh, I'm feeling this. And so we're chopping around on that water. And what really we need to do is just go underneath into the calmer waters and realize that we are not that choppy water and that we have control of our thoughts about our emotions. And we don't have to react to anything, we have choice. So there's emotional choice. There's mental choice for sure. I'm going to choose what I think. I'm going to choose how I feel regardless of outside circumstances. And that's a huge responsibility. And we're, we don't know how to do that. So we kind of flounder around in our lives trying to figure that out and, and reacting and reacting and reacting and, um, and then then it just gets messy that emotional body gets really messy and it stores pain and it stores trauma and uh, and then it affects the physical so you know as a body worker as a therapist and uh, and so many women up here in the up that are aware of this you know emotional thought process that we have and so we we want to get to that point where we We are in charge of those bodies, just like we're in charge of our physical body. You know, we go to the bathroom when we have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) You know? Love that example. And maybe in an outhouse, you know? (laughs) Or maybe in the woods. But, you know, (laughs) if I'm feeling mad, if I'm feeling really mad, then I need to address that in myself and many times we do that blame victim blame victim role in our emotional body and that really doesn't get us anywhere so it 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 has to be taught it's these things have to be taught and we have to teach ourselves there's you know many books and many youtubes and many things out there right now that are wanting to support the awareness of the emotional content of your life and how to navigate that.
1: Would another term for something like this also um, be emotional intelligence or is that a completely different
0: thing? Nope. I think that's absolutely perfect. So, you know, we have mental intelligence and we have physical intelligence and emotional intelligence is I guess, defined as you know what you feel and how you feel and take responsibility for those feelings and work on yourself to express them or think about them or change them or shift them. So emotional intelligence is huge. Do you also think that it comes
1: also from being self-aware. Um, how does that kind of play into things? Um, because I feel like to be emotionally intelligent, you have to kind of understand your emotions and you have to understand other people and you have to understand how you react and and pretty much a lot about yourself. So talk to me a little bit
0: about that, the self-awareness aspect. So. In the human sphere, when you're in the center, you have a vision of all those different bodies, right? So you have a a perspective where you're not your emotions and you're not necessarily your body and you're not your thoughts and you're not your spirit. You are almost a conscious observer of your life. And so the awareness and the presence of realizing that you're not any of these and yet you function in these and so does everyone else. So awareness and being present and conscious helps that objective self step back, that inner being or non-physical self, the guidance that we have all the time step back and say i am going through this or they're going through this but that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm going to choose to react or that i have to pay attention so does that make sense so it, it it's a it's a level of consciousness conscious awareness where you're observing your life and participating in it but you're not it. And this is what all the masters have discovered. You know, Jesus and the Dalai Lama and Mother Teresa and the Buddha and all of these masters, they can go into the fray of human reality and they don't become the fray because they know that they are different than that fray. So with the
1: center of the human sphere, do you think... That is essentially
0: your inner self, like your true, authentic self. Yes. When you have that center and that authentic part of ourselves, then there's a a beauty and a gratefulness and an appreciation for even the dramas, even the pain, even the joys this
1: gives um, almost a whole new meaning of being centered. Yes, you know, like you're centered. You're in this middle of the circle. This is your inner, authentic self. How like for the listeners out there, how do you know when you are in fact, centered? Like when you when you have got to the goal of being in the center of everything being very balanced, How do you know that
0: and how do you get to that? Ooh, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that I wanted to say about centered is, you know, we have to be centered in self first, right? So we're taught that we have to be centered in everything and everybody else, but really in order to keep our center, we can't be jumping over to somebody else's teeter-totters, We have to stay in our own. So being self-centered in that context is really important. So, I mean, I have had people say, well, you're more self-centered than you used to be. And I say, thank you. Because it's not self-centered from an... Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's not self-centered from a selfish egoic way. It's being centered in self. And how that feels, we all know how it feels. Because it's a feeling of strength. It's a feeling of freedom. It's a feeling of being self-responsible there's it's a lighter emotional content there's more joy and passion there's more creativity there's more insight uh so when we are in that centered place that that is it feels good i mean i guess to make it simple it you feel good when you're in your center versus you know when you're off your center and you're you know scattering around everywhere. And, you know, again, going back to nature and the upper peninsula, you know, I, I watched the birds this morning and there's, you know, hundreds of finches out there and they're hungry. I mean, some of them just migrated, who knows from where, you know, Louisiana or something. And they are sharing. their they're centered. They go. They get their seed. They go away. They share with other types of birds. They uh, don't push each other over. They are aware of their bodies. They uh, they are little centered beings naturally. That is instinctual energy from the animal kingdom. You know, you watch, you watch a, a female cougar when she is wanting supper and she is centered, even though she's hungry, she's centered. She's not running around, uh, expending energy. She is focused, conscious, aware. And those are the indicators of feeling centered where you are locked into being in the very present moment. You're locked into a sense of, contentment uh, and, and the unfolding of life instead of the pushing and efforting of life. It's like everything starts to work out. Everything starts to unfold. You let go and allow and get out of our minds and ask for help and be aware of emotions maybe put a little emotion of a positive sense into that ingredients, into those ingredients. So you have this mixing bowl of your human sphere where you add ingredients that help you be centered, because centered doesn't come unless you create it.
1: Yeah, and I'm assuming when you're unbalanced, when your human sphere is unbalanced, um, and you are not centered... You have a sense of like feeling of lost. You're you're a little lost,
0: right? So that's and we, how
1: you would know that there is an imbalance um, an, um, between that. So once you're feeling that, or however you're not feeling balanced and what have you, then you go back to trying to get there in those four different ways: mind, body, spirit, emotion.
0: And and you. And, you know, we go in and out of that every day, all day. I mean, there's very rare days where I'm centered all day and we can't expect ourselves to be or beat ourselves up because we're not, because then we're not being emotionally intelligent, right? So Mm -hmm. we have to have a lot of forgiveness of self in there because we are human. We're all doing the best we can. But when we get to those centered places, we stay there and expand them so that they increase or we note them with our objective consciousness. Oh, I'm feeling really centered right now. What does that feel like? And the more we pay attention to that, the more it expands.
1: This is going to be really, really helpful to the listeners out there because I think that you really summed this up. Um, in a way that I personally haven't heard before. But I think this stuff is just going to be so useful
0: to the listeners out there. And Um, as women, just one other thing, as women, we're taught to not think about our own center. mm -hmm. Our culture teaches it. We're taught to think about everybody else's and how to help them get their center. So as women, uh, we need to you know, think about our own centered self. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We will help to change the dynamics of the world when we become conscious, loving, empowered people. And us women are really leaders in so many ways. And we raise the children and we teach. And it's time for us now after thousands of years, to uh, raise up into that empowered self and, and speak our truth and, and be the most conscious, aware, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically healthy person that we can possibly be for ourselves, because it's more fun, <laughs> and for our children and for the world. Beautiful. I have everything that we were talking about in just a little couple of sentences. It says, the greatest danger, that of losing one's self, can pass off as quietly as if it were nothing. Every other loss, an arm, a leg, a spouse, five dollars, is sure to be noticed. That's by Soren Kierkegaard, and I have it in my office because I feel like many of us have had instances of losing ourselves, and many of us are gaining ourselves, and the human sphere awareness helps us regain and reclaim our authentic beings of who we are. Very nice,
1: all the thank listeners you. out there are going to be marinating on that
0: one until the next episode. We really appreciate you all listening and contemplating the human sphere and send the holding space to all of you so that um, you pay attention to that and thank you so much for joining. There'll be many more episodes available and we're thanking you from the bottom of our hearts and hope that you enjoy and subscribe. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcasts.
1: Have a great day
0: with lots of Uper wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Uper women, youper wisdom. Say it three times fast.